Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. The things that are close to you are the things you can photograph the best. And unless you photograph what you love, you're not going to make good art. Sally Mann said that. Last week, I spoke about the importance of responding to emails. And this week, I received an email that I'd like to read to you. I responded to it, as I always do. Hi, Grant. I hope you're well and have been coping OK during lockdown 3.0. I'm just getting in touch because we have recently signed a remote portrait photographer who is going down a storm with photography commissioners right now for obvious reasons, as you can imagine. We wondered if you could help us spread the word. Our photographer with some clever technology can shoot virtually with just the subject's mobile phone wherever they are in the world, inside or outside, at home, work or play. Initially, the idea was aimed at the public for personal use, but the commercial word has quite quickly caught on to the benefits and opportunities of this way of shooting. Cutting out the travel logistics, being hugely cost and time efficient, whilst of course being totally Covid safe. He's enabled many shoots to go ahead when otherwise they would not have been possible. We are currently working with him on a range of exciting projects with creative agencies, brands and organisations. His campaign for a jeweller can currently be seen on billboards around the UK for this. His portraits of engaged couples in London, Paris, New York and New Zealand without leaving home. Other projects underway include superstars in California for a well-known sports brand, NHS Nurses at Work, corporate portraits for a global conglomerate across the world and ambassadors for a local charity. We are pretty excited about the reaction and the possibilities he has created. And it would be great if you could feature something in the United Nations of Photography. I should briefly say that whilst reading that, there are a number of mistakes. They weren't mine, they were in the email. But anyway, that's another point to pick up on on another day. What I wanted to talk about in response to that email was, of course, why should I do something for free for somebody who's being paid to do it? But that's another conversation again. But I've also always believed that a successful portrait is proof of a successful conversation, of a meeting of minds, of a collaboration based on subtlety and gesture, of environment and intellect. Not agreement, but connection. Not some clever technology and the subject's mobile phone. This seems to me to be a solution based on expediency, not photography. I'm all for embracing new technologies, but not at the expense of human experience. Talking of human experience and technology, I wonder how many of you listening to this podcast have spent the majority of their time over the last few months, nearly a year now, on Zoom or a similar platform. Well, I was talking to a photographer recently about this very thing. And the other thing I've also noticed, certainly on the course which I lead at Oxford Brooks University, um, we've been able to welcome lots of photographers to meet the students via Zoom. I've been doing this for a long time via Skype, but Zoom seems to just be a much easier platform to do this through. 
Anyway, we were talking about the fact of those contributions having some value, not just the value in the moment when the photographers talk about their work, share their experience and their knowledge, uh, and are questioned by the students, but long-term value. The point that was put to me was that, well, if we keep doing these Zooms and you're recording them, which we do for the students to go back on and to reflect upon, then surely what's going to happen is that those recordings are going to have a value in the future. And you're not going to be asking us anymore or paying us anymore because you'll just use the ones we've done already. Well, I explained to this particular photographer that that wasn't the case. When we come to the end of each module, which is what the students are studying, the recordings are deleted. They're of no value anymore because the student interaction with that particular photographer isn't of value to the next cohort of students. Anyway, this is my way of seeing it. This is the practice that I'm putting in place. The photographer said to me that that seemed perfectly reasonable and thanked me for explaining this to them, but also indicated that perhaps not every institution was following the same rules. Therefore, this week, it seemed to me to be a good idea to sort of recommend, I suppose, or to ask the question that when you are contributing to universities, colleges or schools, and that contribution is being recorded, always make sure what's going to happen to that recording in the future. I think we're all well aware now, aren't we, as photographers, that collaboration can become an intrinsic part of our professional practice. I also often draw the analogy of visual storytelling with writing and the written word. And I also often speak of photography alongside poetry, both on this podcast, in my writing, and also in my teaching. Therefore, this week's contributor to What Does Photography Mean to You really does bring those strands together in a very concise and creative way. His name is Norman Macbeth, but as he's probably well aware that I'm not great at getting people's names right, uh, he told me it was pronounced Macbeth, although it's spelt, spelt, I should say, Macbeth. So, Norman is a photographer and printmaker who lives in Edinburgh, Scotland. His creative collaborations with poets include Plan B with Paul Muldoon, The Beach with Kathleen Jamie, and Simonides with Robert Crawford. Simonides was shortlisted for the Ted Hughes Award and exhibited at Yale and the Poetry Foundation in Chicago. McBeef's latest book, Strath, is a further collaboration with the poet Robert Crawford. His work has been shown as part of exhibitions at the Leica Gallery in New York, the National Portrait Gallery in London, the Scottish National Portrait Gallery in Edinburgh, the Royal Scottish Academy in Edinburgh, and the Royal Academy of Arts in London. In 2015, he was awarded a fellowship at the Ballinglen Arts Foundation, County Mayo, and subsequently invited to show work from the fellowship in the exhibition Between the Land and the Sea in 2016 at the Keeper's House at the Royal Academy in London. In 2019, the Scottish National Portrait Gallery held a major exhibition of the Long Look uh, project, a collaboration with the painter Audrey Grant. 
Collections which hold his work include the British Library, the National Library of Scotland, the British Council, Harvard University and Yale Centre for British Art. Well, I'm very grateful to you, Grant, for giving me the opportunity to say something in response to this interesting question. After over 30 years as a photographer, I thought it'd be quite easy. But once I started, there seemed so much that I'd have no chance of sticking to my five minutes. I've decided that rather than talk about the people and the situations which have filled my work, I'd instead say something on a more personal level. After all, that's what I'm relying on every time I pick up my camera. I see photography as a journey, a journey where there's, there's no real final destination, because what it's really about is discovery. The journey may be punctuated by lots of local destinations, different jobs, projects, ideas, etc. But I think of these as just waypoints, as stages to perform on before heading off again on a, on a new bearing. The world is constantly changing. Habitats evolve, urban environments can change overnight, opportunities appear, disappear. I'm changing all the time. Even equipment can alter hugely. So in a way, for me, it's the journey and what can happen during it which I focus on. Behind that focus are, are, are things like creativity, imagination and self-expression, or simply just the joy and sheer excitement of looking. I think it's important to, to look hard at things and take them seriously. I also think it's a good idea to actually practice looking in the same way that you would exercise to keep in good condition. This helps not only in maintaining a deeper awareness of your surroundings, but also in developing a kind of, a kind of visual fitness. It's that raised level of awareness, that, that individual vision, which I think is behind a good photograph. Awareness, then, is another strand of my answer to Grant's deceptively simple question. By far the majority of my work is in black and white. And until I finally stopped using film about eight years ago, I'd always done all my own processing and printing. That was really important to me as an activity and to ensure the best quality and the particular result I was after. I really loved working in the darkroom, using my judgment and printing skills to give life to the, to the latent image which had been trapped on the film since I pressed the shutter. Ansel Adams, the great American photographer, who very nearly became a, a concert pianist, talked of the negative being the score and the print being the performance. I'd always felt something like that, and now as a printmaker as well as a photographer, I know that this insight of his is equally true of the inked metal plate and fine art paper which I used to make photogravures. So I'd say that the real pleasure and excitement of printing, and more recently using an etching press for fine art printmaking, we'd be on the list of what I'd say about what photography means to me. I prefer to work on, on making a set of photographs, uh, whether it's for an exhibition, a book, or a limited edition portfolio. And I think this is part of what's led over the years to a number of successful collaborations with writers and poets, many of whom I've met through taking their portrait. I mention this because another aspect of what photography means to me is something which I hope runs through all my work, whether it's portraits or photographs of the natural world. And that is a form of truth. When I'm, I'm taking a photograph, I'm trying as best I can to be sensitive to the essence of what or who I see in the viewfinder. 
For me, a photograph is a, it's a precious record of a moment of time. I think this can be undermined somehow if the photographer has too much of a presence. One of my uh, collaborations was with the poet Paul Muldoon in a, a book published by Enithorman Press called Plan B. In the introduction, he kindly wrote of me, he has that rare ability to allow nothing, least of all himself, to come between the subject and the perceiver. Which is really a rather long way of me saying that authenticity is a, another element of what photography means to me. So to finish these thoughts on photography, I'd say that for me, photography is really a way of life. Such a part of me that I can't imagine being without it. It wouldn't be too far-fetched to say it was an obsession. Right from the beginning, it's meant a unique and immensely fulfilling way of discovering the world around me and getting to know an extraordinary range of people, even getting to know myself. Thanks very much. Well, thank you very much for your contribution this week, Norman. I think you covered all the bases, but a few things I definitely want to pick up on uh, from your contribution. One of which I thought was very interesting was that description of the performance, the photographic performance, the printing performance. And it immediately reminded me of a similar uh, I suppose, metaphor used to the idea of the performer uh, by Chris Floyd. And that was all the way back in episode number 60. An excellent contribution by Chris. So do check that one out back in the archive. So interesting to see Norman working in a very different kind of, I suppose, aesthetic and practice, uh, recognising that, that role of the performance. I also uh, very much enjoyed him using the phrase visual fitness. I'm definitely going to be using that one again in the future. It is something I talk about around something that I, I suppose, kind of have been working on over the last few years and have written about quite a lot is photo sketching. And if you want to know what I mean by photo sketching, just put hashtag photo sketching into Instagram and see what comes up. A number of my previous students' work, are hopefully, and also a lot of my work, all of the work I put onto Instagram for me, is photo sketching. And what I mean by that is, I suppose, what Norman means by visual fitness. That idea of being out every day and just taking pictures, creating that situation where by the thought process is no longer there. I use similes close to kind of guitarists who are playing without thinking. So there you go. Visual uh, fitness is something I think we all need, as well as physical fitness coming out of this lockdown. Uh, many photographers I see have been going on their daily walk and just documenting that walk. And for me, that's a physical and visual fitness coming together. I wonder if you're doing that uh, also. doesn't mean that the work has to have any great value. It's, that's not important. It's the process that is important in, it, important in itself. The other word, of course, is a word that I suppose is so common in our vocabulary nowadays and is often maligned for that, uh, the amount of times I suppose it's used, perhaps somewhat lazily, but it's that word journey and that we're all on a journey. And there's absolutely no doubt 
that the last year has been a journey for all of us. But from a photographic perspective, from that first time we discover the medium all the way through our lives, I do think that's an accurate description of uh, that the work we produce, the people we meet and the experiences we have around that. So just want to say a big thank you to Norman for that contribution this week. And um, I was really pleased I was able to get his name right. This week in the UK, we've been given a roadmap as to how we're going to come out of lockdown and the whole COVID situation. I'm still waiting for my vaccination. Hopefully that's going to be coming up soon also. So, of course, I'm making plans for the uh, for the end of the year working on an exhibition that I'm hoping to curate, which will be held in the UK and will consist of a number of really uh, interesting photographers from the past. And as well as that, um, working on a project uh, with Photo Oxford, who are holding another festival at the end of this year, the end of 2021. I think it's October, November. And on that one, I'll be working with young photographers. So really exciting to be covering both areas there from the young to the old obviously i'll keep you informed of any information when it gets confirmed so that you'll be aware of those projects um so you can get involved and you can go and see them and so forth hoping to make little films and all sorts of things and podcasts to um, surround both of those projects So in addition to that, last week I kept you informed on the articles that I've been posting up on unofphoto.com. I should say that's unitednationsofphotography.com to give it its full correct title. And uh, this week we've posted up a couple more Bill J archival pieces, a brilliant one, Bill Brandt, a true but fictional first encounter. Uh, Bill's appraisal of the photographer David Hearn and also a very light-hearted and fun uh, piece where he talks about the first time he met Diane Arbus and she fed him jelly. In addition to that, I've written a little article about thoughts on Gregory Crudson. So there's a whole load of stuff there gone up on the uh, website in the past week for you to have a look at and have a read and as always, hopefully respond to the responses so far have been great so thank you very much indeed for those Uh, it is getting a little bit warmer the sun's coming up the days are getting a little bit longer and there does seem to be as i said with that roadmap some kind of a specific future for all of us i hope whichever country you're in listening to this podcast that you've got a similar positive future ahead of you We just need to keep strong, don't we? We need to keep making plans. And most of all, we need to take care. (music) 